I said, there's a lot of churches that don't have evening services. She said, we don't have Wednesday night either. I, she said, we only have them Sunday morning. She said, I like Bible study. But did you know that it, it's more convenient today to have one service than it is two? But my thought is there's a lot of people that works. There's a lot of people that's busy. There's a lot of people... And if they can't make it a Sunday morning, then maybe by the Sunday night. But if they can't make it Sunday night, maybe by Wednesday night. But we need a lot of word. We need a lot of word. I understand Wednesday night's tough for everybody. You guys come in here and God honors you. I, I believe God honors your faithfulness on a Wednesday night. because. But I, I, would, I want us to pray tonight, God, just unclutter our thoughts, unclutter our mind, that we can focus, we can hear his voice. God wants to make it worth your drive over here tonight in Jesus' name. I believe that. But we're going to pray for pray for them and anyone else need to be prayed for if you'll come. Uh, Sister Parton, good to see you. Feeling better as well. Amen. We prayed for you. And uh, anybody, Sister Mullins is, uh, is, is at home tonight, not up to par. So we're going to pray for her as well. And uh, some... some Sometimes we just just don't feel like we need to, and we need prayer. So, uh, anyone need to be prayed for? All right, let's join together. Let's pray. If somebody would intercede, somebody stand in the gap. Somebody pray a prayer for that family. I, that's beyond my what I can imagine they're going through tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that the window of heaven be open with blessings of love, with anointing power and authority, with healing virtue. I plead the blood of Jesus. Come on, let's pray tonight, saints. Lift up your voice to the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. God, you're able to make up the difference. You're able to give life with an abundance. You're able to give peace and joy and strength. You're here to make a difference in our life. You're here to minister. You're here to love. You're here to save. You're here to make a difference. And I ask you, in the name of Jesus, this family in Harlan and all the families in between, God, that are struggling, that are hurting, that are going through devastation, I plead the blood of Jesus. God, I want you to be that Prince of Peace. I want you to be that strength in time of weakness. I want you to strengthen every home, strengthen every marriage, strengthen every family, strengthen our children. God, build a barrier around us and keep us in your care, your provisions, your grace, your mercy. Let there be a barrier that the enemy cannot penetrate. I plead the blood of Jesus over this sanctuary of people. I plead the blood of Jesus that the anointing of the Holy Ghost rest upon each one, Lord God, that's made the effort to be here. Bless them, Lord God, in their dedication. Bless them in their efforts to be here. Bless them in your abundance, Lord God. Let, their, let the riches of your glory rest in the sanctuary tonight, God. Father, we do love you and honor you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, if I could get an usher tonight, Mr. Cameron Howerton, thank you so much for your love for the church and for the Lord helping us out this afternoon. Quick announcement. We are having, we, when I say we, I mean the ladies. Uh, baby shower on Saturday that prayer on cluttered minds has not made it through yet brother Parton we're still struggling just a tad amen we're, we're going to make it alright help me out a babe, not a baby bridal shower baby shower's coming next I guess uh, uh, That's kind of like the question, how many does it take to change a light bulb, isn't it? How many does it take to make an announcement? Right now, three. So we're, we're, mo we're moving, we're moving, we're moving. All right. Uh, shower for Hannah Saturday. All right. Let's bring her offering. Let's give to the Lord tonight in Jesus' name.
Thank you, praise team. Be in prayer for Mr. Jared. He's not here tonight. Said his car broke down on the way, so we'll we'll ask God's blessings on quick vehicle repair. He actually ministered last night at our campus ministry, and they said he did an excellent job. Uh, new people there last night. Praise be unto God. So uh, things are uh, picking up our campus ministry. He had several new faces in prison ministry last night as well. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of unique to see some of these great men in in that facility and uh, they've been beat up a little bit by life and maybe they beat life up a little bit I don't know who was winning on that one but uh, to see some of them emotional uh, it's kind of like you guys that work jobs where uh, men only maybe and, and, and it's a tough situation and an environment's tough and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost begins to deal with somebody's heart but Jay Parton talked about a friend of his that was just a uh, kind of a rough character, and all of a sudden, God just got a hold of him, and he just broke uh, right in the middle of work and, and, and pray and cry and stuff. And last night, all the people were filing out that was in there, and uh, all of them try to try to say hi to us and thank you for coming and things like that. And there was a gentleman sitting there, and he just sat there, and he waited for everybody else to leave, and he walked up, and he couldn't hardly talk. Uh, he his, his voice was breaking, and, and he was... He was struggling, and he said, thank you. And uh, Holy Ghost is moving. Uh, be in prayer for our campus ministry. Last night was the last night of the semester, and we're going to try to regroup. Uh, we're making headway there. The, the gentleman that is over the campus ministry at LMU, he works for LMU, and I don't know what his official title is, but he got with Elena. She's built up a friendship with him, and he had told her earlier in the year, all of the all the students that's registering, when they register, they I guess they ask them uh, church affiliation. Uh, they he said anyone that registers Pentecostal, he said I'm going to forward their information to you. You can make contact with them. So praise be unto God that we've got an avenue there and uh, a doorway open that we can we can minister and we're seeing uh, seeing new, sh new new students coming in. So. By the good grace of God, we'll, we'll, we'll have a harvest there as well. But uh, continue to pray for those ministries. Tonight, uh, I want you to go with me to the book of Psalm 127 and verse 1, and we're going to see what the Lord. And I, I, think, I think God has something for all of us tonight, if we can just unclutter our thoughts for a moment or two and, and receive his word. The word of God is more valuable than anything I've got in my life. Amen. My relationship with God's more valuable than anything I've got in my life, and 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 we got to cherish it as that. It's more valuable than anything. My wife, uh, I can't control her will. I can't control her actions or what she desires or what she wants to do. And uh, we've been together for a long time. May twenty-six is some several years. Uh, amen. <laughs> Many years. <laughs> But in, in, in essence, people, people have their own will. But I, what I know from the word of God is God is never going to leave me. Amen? God's never going to leave me, never going to forsake me. He'll be with me always. And, and we've got to cherish that relationship more than anything else in our life. And I believe God wants to talk to us tonight. If you have your Bible, I know you've been up and down and all around just stand with me for the reading of the word tonight. Psalm 127, verse 1. Probably familiar to most everyone in here tonight. Solomon said, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. He repeats, Except the Lord keep the city. Except the Lord build the house, except the Lord keep the city. He's trying to give us an understanding of the value that of us having God in our in our life except the Lord build the house they labor in vain that build it except the Lord keep the city the watchman waiteth or waketh but in vain pray with me tonight father we love you God we honor the name set above every other name we exalt you above all tonight in the name of Jesus I pray you to help us unclutter our thoughts and our mindset God, that we're alert, 
that we are able to receive your word tonight. You anointed the mind of Moses, God. You gave him revelation of creation all the way to his day. He gave us the first books of the Bible. He jotted this down as you moved on his spirit. And God, I pray, give us revelation tonight. Give us knowledge and understanding tonight. Give us anointing and power tonight. Allow us, Lord God, to do business here on earth until you return. Anoint our minds and anoint our spirit that we receive from your throne, that we receive what you have available for us tonight. Grant me a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge and the discerning of spirit and anoint us tonight together in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I want to minister for a little while this afternoon on Build the Wall. And I know that's a hot topic right now in, in our nation is the wall. And, and our president said we, he didn't really care what you called it, a wall, a fence, didn't matter. But I want to minister tonight on build a wall. This verse, 20, verse 1 of chapter 127 in the book of Psalms gives us a, the reminder that God is the controller. Can we get an understanding of that? And you know that tonight, you're veterans in here. God's the controller, God's the stabilizer in our world. And I have to believe that the more we remove him from any area of our nation, then we're that much more unstable. Amen? God is the controller. God is the stabilizer, the one that keeps everything going in the right direction. So whenever we read the scripture, he said, without me, you can do nothing. The need we have for our God. Think about that as you and I sit in this sanctuary on a Wednesday afternoon. Think of the people right now that are, not, that are simply ignoring God tonight. I'm not talking about people that's sick or not able to be here or people that come on Sunday that don't. I'm not talking about church-going people. I'm talking about the people that are driving up and down the road. They don't even know this church exists, maybe, or another church exists, maybe, but they're completely ignoring God. He is not even in their mindset, whether it be a Sunday or a Wednesday. Regardless of what day it is, they're not even acknowledging there is a God. Think of the people right now that's ignoring God this night. And God is the creator. He is the controller. He is the stabilizer. And he said, without me you can do nothing. But yet there are so many millions and billions of people that simply ignore him on a daily basis. If we look at their lives, we realize through scripture they have no walls, they have no gates, and they have no keeper of the city. Is that what the scriptures are, are teaching us? That they think, they think they're cheating life. They don't have to live by any codes. They don't have to answer to any God. But in fact, the word teaches that they're laboring in vain. Amen. They're laboring in vain because one day when that perfect storm comes, their house, according to Scripture, will fall. It will crash. All the people that's ignoring God today, you, you need to be very thankful of the fact that God has called you. I'm thankful tonight he's called me out of darkness into a marvelous light that we have this understanding and this revelation that we can't do anything without him, that we need him every day of our life. So as we look into scripture and we get an understanding of this, I want to speak to you for just a little while this afternoon on the value of the walls, the value of the gates and the keeper of the city. Nehemiah chapter 7 gives us an understanding of the value in their day. We understand that they lived in the physical, what we live in the spiritual. Theirs is typology and symbolism, and we live this out in the spirit realm. But as we look into the book of Nehemiah chapter 7 verse 1, it said, Now it came to pass when the wall was built. This is Jeremiah's mission, or Nehemiah's mission. 
This was his calling. This was his burden. This was what God laid on his heart. Ezra is going to reestablish the word, the reading, and the teaching, and the ministry. But Nehemiah's burden, his burden to get him out of the palace as as the cupbearer, his burden that kept him weeping and working and charging the people and encouraging and continuing on regardless of the enemy's threat with a sword in one hand and a hammer in another maybe, but he just continued on. But the writing the reading of Nehemiah 7.1 said now it came to pass when the wall was built and I had set up the doors and the porters and the singers and the Levites were appointed we see the establishment we see the order we see everything being placed in order according to the will of God. Verse 2, that I gave my brother Hanani and Hananiah the ruler of the palace charge over Jerusalem for he was a faithful man and feared God above many. Verse 3, and I said unto them, let not the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun be hot. And while they stand by, let them shut the doors and bar them and appoint watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, every one in his watch and every one to be over against his house. Verse 4 is a key verse for us. Verse 1 and verse 4. Verse 4 said, Now the city was large and great, but the people were few therein, and the houses were not builded. Sometimes I, when we read things such as this, verse 1 and verse 4, it's almost as if we've got our thinking backwards. Anyone ever heard that old, that old statement, have you got the cart before the horse? Our thinking may be backwards because I want you to notice the order that he placed this in. The walls and gates were built and set up. So the gates, the walls were built and set up. He said the people are now being set in their place. The order of the ministry. I've got the watcher of the city. I've got the gatekeeper. I've got the walls. I've got all these things set up. I've got the Levites in their position. Everyone's in their position. The ministry of worship. Serving God, bringing everything to fruition, everything's coming back, everything's being established. But I want you to take note, he said, the wall was built and I had set up the doors. The porters, the singers, and the Levites were appointed. Now, my thought is, if this worked for a city, if this worked for the nation of Israel, If this worked for the people of God in the Old Testament as Nehemiah established this order, would this work for our families? Would this same order work for our families we're trying to establish? I want you to think about this. Two individuals, they meet each other, they begin to date each other, they fall in love. They pledge their love to each other. They make the commitment to live As married couple, they want to start a family. I want you to think about this. The wall was built, and I had set up the doors. If you go down to verse 4, I want you to take note of this fact. He said, now the city was large and great, but the people were few therein, and the houses were not builded. As I began to read across this, I thought "That's, that's exactly how we need to live our life. That there needs, some, there needs to be walls, there needs to be gates, there needs to be a gatekeeper, there needs to be some establishment of order in our life before there's many, before the house is built, before the children come, before all these things that we want to acquire in life are a part of our life. I look around and I see these young people tonight. Could we establish some things in their heart to place some things in order that they know without a shadow of a doubt before I go anywhere and do anything in life, I've got to build some walls. 
I've got to establish some gates. I've got to have a gatekeeper. I've got to have all these things in my life established before we are many. He said the people are few, the houses have not been built, but we're ready for them. We've got the wall built, we've got the gate set, we've got the Levites, the ministry, everything's in order. I've established this, I've placed this in order according to the way God wants it. Now we're ready for the people, we're ready for the houses, we're ready for the families, we're ready for all this to take place. What if we had this mindset? Tonight, would it be wise to establish some absolute boundaries, some absolute boundaries in the family structure before the house is built? Elena, is it all right if I tell the congregation what you told me earlier and when we were having dinner about the young man after campus ministry yeah <laughs> I, I, it was either before or after campus ministry uh, Elena was there and when she started the story she said there her friend Jesse she's been here on different occasions she said Jesse the guy that J Jesse went out with tried to kiss me last night so I was listening to the story and she told him no sir do not talk to me anymore do not be around me anymore do not touch me so I thought, well, that's a friend saying a friend's boyfriend. You, you don't have any right to kiss me. Then she went on to tell me she didn't even know he went out with Jesse. She called Jesse to tell her what happened. And she said, hey, I went out with him last week. And I asked her, I said, so you told him that before you even knew that he had went out with your friend? She said, oh, yeah. And I said, well, I'm very proud of you. That you established these boundaries. You have no right to put your lips on my lips. You have no right. Do not talk to me. Do not come around. That's what she, He texted her with a big apology. She said, I told you don't talk to me. Amen. She said, but I do accept the apology because I deserve it. Simple language is not hard to understand sometimes. So I believe that if we have some boundaries in our life that are absolute, you know what Nehemiah is going to do? He's going to build a wall that's visible. He's going to build some walls that are, that, are, that are needing gates for in and out, but before the in and out, there's a gatekeeper. Before anybody gets in or anyone goes out, there is a faithful gatekeeper. He said he's more faithful than many. He's more faithful than many. I'm going to establish this. You know, when you and I look at a gatekeeper, we probably think that's the low end of importance. They're on the low end of the totem pole, if you will. They can't make it up here in the management positions, so we put them as a gatekeeper. Not so with Nehemiah. He said, I'm looking for somebody that's faithful, somebody that I can trust, somebody that's going to say, you can get in, but you cannot. You belong here. You do not belong here. Somebody has to have some walls established. Somebody has to be the gatekeeper. Somebody has to have boundaries that are visible, not only to the people on the inside, but to the people on the outside saying you can come in but you cannot the visible boundaries make it easy for everyone to know where they stop and where they go so we look and we see before the city grew with people and the houses were built Nehemiah said we got to have boundaries we got to have some things established so everybody knows where they're at everyone knows their position I'm setting the Levites in the ministry I'm setting the porters I'm setting the singers these people are already established when the people come in they're going to know the boundaries they're going to know the walls they're going to know the gates they're going to know the gatekeeper they're going to know the porters they're going to know the singers they're going to know the ministry everything's in place 
I do not believe God likes confusion. So if we can eliminate as much confusion, somebody told me the other day they they were going to a church and, and someone got up and I think the pastor had put a maybe a Christmas tree up in the foyer. And one of the members got up and he had access to the pulpit and he was talking about the worship of Christmas trees and he was condemning the pastor and condemning the church and and, and all of that, and I, I told him, I said, sometimes too many voices is not real good. Too many voices are not real good. And people left the church that day. They, they quit going to the church that day because they were offended, because it came from the pulpit. My, my thinking is sometimes we need, we need to eliminate some of the things we're hearing. Social media is killing our nation. It's killing our world. It's connecting me with anybody else in the world. Do we know how many people's marriage has separated because somebody on a chat, chat room? Right, right, right. Am I preaching right? Sure. We'll go on. So we look in Nehemiah appointed the all-important task of the gatekeeper. What's your job? I open the gate. I close the gate. According to scripture, to men he knew was faithful. The gatekeeper determined what came in, what went out. And I'm asking tonight in the name of Jesus as we watch these men sit at the door and we watch these men at the front door and we watch these people. I, I was here the other day and I was, at the, I was at the altar and a gentleman walked up and I noticed other men was sitting right here in the front or right around the pretty close to the front. Why? Because they're monitoring. They're making sure everything's legit. Everything's on the up and up. Everything's right. We, they're monitoring. We need good gatekeepers in our house. Amen. We need faithful men to be the gatekeeper of the house and say, you can't come in. You can come in. In the words of J.H. Osborne, he said, some young boy comes to my house and blows the horn. He better be delivering a pizza because he sure is not picking my daughter up. Right? We need good gatekeepers at the house. We need good men, good women that are praying and seeking God and knowing the voice of God, being the gatekeeper at the house and saying, you can come in, but you can't come in. And I said unto them, verse 3, let not the gates of Jerusalem be open until the sun be hot. You know, whenever the sun is right angle there's a lot of shadows and a lot of things can hide behind the shadows or in the shadows and he said I want the sun to be hot and while they stand by let them shut the doors and bar them let them shut the doors and bar them and appoint watchers or watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem everyone in his watch and everyone to be over against his house Men built the wall. But I'm asking tonight in this sanctuary for our ladies, for our men, for our children, for all of us to be wall builders. Just build the wall in your house, in your life. Young people, build a wall in your own house to say, this is where, this is my boundaries. As that young man leaned in to get a kiss and she said, no, sir, you do not have the right for that. No, sir, there's a boundary here. I've already set this boundary. You can't encroach. You cannot come in. This gate's not open to you. You are not allowed in. Somewhere we've got to have boundaries established as a young person. I want you to think for just a moment about uh, three young men that were taken hostage They were captives. They were in a foreign city. You know, most people want to rub shoulders with the 
with the elites, with the people that are in power and people that are in the money and the people that are in the know. We, we see people that wants to rub shoulders and drop names, but we see three young men, four counting Daniel, but Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, whenever, whenever he made that 90 foot by 9 statue, and he said, when you hear all this music, you bow down. And the alternative is this fiery furnace right here. And they said, let Neb Nebuchadnezzar know. We want you to know that we will not worship your God. When did they get that established? When was it when mama got them out of bed of the morning and began to teach them the Shema? When was it whenever mama got them out of bed and put them in, in, on, off, off the school and she'd already prayed over them and established some, some, some boundaries and some walls in their life saying of God, these children are capable of learning and we need to instill in them this word that never changes and this word that is forever settled in heaven and we need to establish it not as something that is negotiable but something that's an absolute and this will absolutely save your life this will absolutely change your world this will absolutely keep you in the storms of life as we look in the scripture we find where he threatened them he was so angry with them and he was saying everybody is doing it all the people around the land are doing it all your people are doing this all the people you're associated with are doing this nobody at home is going to know anything about it and it's not a long term thing one time, one time, one time just kneel down and worship you don't have to change your heart just have to do it one time Think about these young men that said it's not happening. You can put us in the fire. You can do whatever. But this is not happening. Could we establish some things in our children that whenever they get to be teenagers, they say this isn't happening. When the tempter comes and the temptation and peer pressure and all the things going on around and all their friends are doing this or all, their, all the peers are doing this, that we say the boundaries have been set. The walls have been built. We have to keep a watch on what is coming and going in our families and in our church. The nation of Israel had enemies that wanted to destroy them. And we, we as a church have that same thing. Enemies that want to destroy us. We live out in the spiritual what they lived out in the physical. We know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and you know the scripture. Put on the whole armor, right? Preach, preach the gospel. Be instant in season, out of season. Sound doctrine. I want to show you how, what, what value the apostle Paul placed on sound doctrine of the gospel. And the reason I want to tie this in with a message like build a wall is because doctrine's our foundation. That's our foundation. That's who we are. I told the men last night in, in our prison ministry, I said, this book right here, I said, sometimes when you say non-denominational, it, it leaves you with, with a lot of different thought of what, what is being taught and is it available to everybody and you bring your opinion and I'll bring my opinion when I say this is non-denominational what I mean is when, when they received the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost people call them Pentecostals right well Pentecost means 50 it's not a denomination John was a baptizer they call him John the Baptist but he wasn't Baptist by faith you know there's a method to salvation but we're not Methodists so when we look in here, we realize this book right here is just simply the Word of God. It's just simply the Word of God, and it's infallible, it's perfect, it's forever settled. If we could just establish some facts that we've got to have sound doctrine. We have to have sound doctrine. Notice what the Apostle Paul made the statement to Galatia or the church in Galatia, he said in Galatians 1, verse 8 and 9, he said, whoever tells you good news, talking about the gospel, this is God's word translation. The King James says, preaches any other gospel. 
Whoever tells you good news that is different from the good news we gave you should be condemned to hell. That's strong language. Y'all with me? That's strong language. But we're talking about a man that's willing to give his life for something. We're not talking about the gentleman that's said, can I come and preach for you and allow me to take my own offering up? Nobody's ever asked me that, but I know there, there, there are people that have. They're in it for the money. The Apostle Paul wasn't in it for the money. He was in it for the souls. He was in it for life. He was in it. If they beat him, it was okay. If they received it, then better. But I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to, I'm going to deliver this word. I'm going to look through Mars Hill and I'm going to teach the people of Athens about the unknown God. They've got a monument to the unknown God. That's my angle. I'm going to preach Jesus Christ to them. So we look and we see his conversation with people and how he inter interacted with people. But he said, whoever tells you good news that is different from the good news we gave you should be condemned to hell even if he is one of us or an angel from heaven. You know, that means something in our day, doesn't it? Bishop McCool often addresses our congregations as we go to a rally or a conference, and whenever he gets to the mic, he'll make the statement, I have no greater pleasure than to know that my children walk in truth. Right? Bishop Carpenter came out of the Knoxville Church. He gives credit to the apostolic school that Bishop McCool started 50 years ago. I don't know how many years ago, close to 50 probably. He started the school. He gives him credit for, for his ministry because... He said that his mother, Bishop Carpenter said his mother, they'd wrecked the car. Insurance check came in to, do, to, to repair the car. She took the insurance check down to 5020 Pleasant Ridge Road, walked in and said, here is the money for one year's tuition for my two boys. And he said in the process of that year, he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And now he is the superintendent of the assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whenever he was introducing Bishop McCool, he said, I'm going to turn, I'm going to turn this thing around. He said, Bishop's going to say, I have no greater pleasure than to know that my children walk in truth. He said, I'm going to turn that around. He said, because the days we're living in, those that used to preach this gospel's not preaching it anymore. They've turned it around and they're preaching another gospel. As the Apostle Paul said, which is not a gospel. He said, I'm going to turn this around. He said, I'm going to say, I have no greater pleasure than to know that those that taught me the word or led me to the Lord is still walking in the truth. Saying to God, this means something to you and I today because we've had people that have preached in this pulpit that has walked away from the doctrine that we teach in this pulpit today. Amen? we got people that's turned their back and walked away. I'm talking about sound doctrine. We've got to have something that's established, barriers and walls that are built that we say this is here today, it's going to be here tomorrow. He said, I'm now telling you again, verse 9, what we've told you in the past. If anyone tells you good news that is different from the good news you received, that person should be condemned to hell. And I understand that's very strong language, but we're talking about what's going to save your soul. Amen? It's talking about what's going to save your soul. If I could quote Johnny James, some of you all know Bishop Johnny James. He's, he's considered the walking Bible. He's probably in his late 80s, maybe early 90s now, and to my knowledge still preaching. Bishop McCool has him often at his church or used to have him quite often at his church. But I heard him make a statement once. He said, if you preach another doctrine 
and you fill the auditorium completely full, he said, what are you going to do with them because you don't have a heaven to put them in? We've got to understand this doctrine is not ours. It doesn't belong to me. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to a church down the road. This is God's word, and we need a barrier, and we need some walls. It doesn't matter if I go to another church and they preach another doctrine. That doesn't change the word of God. It doesn't matter if I go down there and I have no conviction of the way I live. That doesn't change the word of God. I can go anywhere I want to go, and I can sit under any pastor and hear anything he wants to say, and it might be tickling my itchy ears but that doesn't change the word of God the word of God is still established the word of God is still the fact so we've got to have some boundaries in our life and say it's not about that preacher or this preacher down here not about this denomination or that denomination what matters is what thus saith the Lord give me some boundaries and give me some walls and give me a gatekeeper that's going to say this can come in but this cannot and that's what Nehemiah was establishing. For the nation of Israel, he was establishing some boundaries, some walls, some gates, and establishing people. These men that stand in this pulpit, they've got my confidence, or they wouldn't be standing in this pulpit. I trust them, or they wouldn't be preaching. Can I tell you tonight... I had rather somebody come in here and physically beat me up than have somebody come into this pulpit and preach something that's not sound doctrine. I would rather have someone come in here and physically abuse me than to abuse you with not what's not sound. I had a friend of mine, he said, I won't come preach for you. I won't come preach for you. And I told him, I just up front with him, I said, no. I said, no, I said, the doctrine we teach are two, two, two different sides. I said, we, we don't see the doctrine right or together. He said, I won't preach doctrine. And I thought, th th you don't understand how it works. Th that doesn't work in an apostolic church. Th that's not the way apostolic churches operate. It may work down the road or up the road or somewhere around the road, but it doesn't work here. We want sound... We want sound doctrine. I want this place to have a barrier around it. I want you to get this in your spirits. Four minutes after, after eight. Let me give you something. The, the walls that Nehemiah was building was visible. It was a visible structure. He said, we're going to build the wall. The people said, we're tired. He said, we're going to build it for your children. We're going to build it for your wives. And see, that's, that's what goes over my head sometimes. We had some young children wanting to get baptized. Their mama jerked them out of the church and left and never did come back. We sat and talked and talked and talked and tried to help her and tried to minister to her and try to, we wanted to baptize her children. She's got the final say and, and they haven't been back for probably 10 years or so. I don't know whatever happened to the children. They're growing up now and I, I don't know if they ever got baptized or what, but they came in, wanted to get baptized. We talked to her mother, talked to her, talked to her, talked to her, talked to her, taught her some scriptures, gave her as much as we could. She would not. We need some walls. We need some walls. But what I really want in this church and in your family and in your home, in your children, is what Job had. Notice in Job 1, verse 8 through 10. The Lord asked Satan, have you thought about my servant Job? No one in the world is like him. Have you thought about my servant Job? No one in the world is like him. He is a man of integrity. He is decent. He fears God. And he stays away from evil. Satan answered the Lord, haven't you given Job a reason to fear God? Now I want, you to, I, I want you to think about this because we understand Satan goes about seeking whom he may devour. He'd already checked Job out. I've, I've established that over the course of years. I've talked about this on different occasions. We know Satan goes to and fro seeking whom he may devour. Have you considered my servant Job? He had considered him many times. He knew everything about Job. He knew what was in his life. He knew what he had. He knew how he served God. He knew, can, I, can we get established that, that God... We're not flying under the radar of God and we're not flying under the radar of Satan.
So he said, haven't you put a protective fence around him? King James says hedge. Ashley showed me a video speaking of the hedge. I don't know if you all have saw it or not. If I had it, I'd play it tonight. But it was a fairly, oh, maybe a Boston Terrier-sized dog and a little dog chasing it. And they were both running as fast seemingly as they could. They came to a, a hedge probably waist high probably two foot wide, and the little terrier just jumped it. The dog was chasing him with all that was in him. He just jumped it and kept on going. The other one started to jump, hit the hedge, and fell back on its back. Thank God for the hedge, I think is what the, right? <laughs> I want you to think about this. Haven't you put a protective fence around him, his home, everything he has? Come on, saint of God. I believe we can have this tonight. I don't think we'll ever escape the bumps in the road. That's life here on earth. We're under attack. But I do believe there's a check system. I believe there's a keeper of the gate. I believe there's a builder of the city. I believe the word of God said, except the Lord build the house, the laborer, is all in vain. Except the Lord keep the city, they're watching for no reason. I believe there is a God in heaven that wants to look down and see somebody that's holy and clean and pure. I believe God wants to look down and see somebody that has integrity and, and, and is walking upright in the word of God and doing their best. Are we without flaws and without failures? No, we're not. But I believe that the saint of God is going to run back to God and say, God, forgive me, and I know you're faithful to forgive me. I believe there is a God in heaven that looks at us and knows we're clay. But when he looked at Job, he said, Have you thought about my servant Job? He is a man of integrity. He is decent. He fears God. He stays away from evil. And, and this is Satan's reply. You put a protective fence around him, his home, Everything he has, you have blessed him or blessed everything he does. That's what I want for my family. I want sinners on the outside to be jealous of us and not us jealous of them. I want sinners on the outside to look in here and say those people are so blessed. Everything they do prospers. Everything they stretch forth their hands to do, God has his hand on their hands. Everything's going on in their life. God is, he said, his cattle have spread out over the land. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman walketh but in vain. Stand with me tonight. Let me ask you how you're doing on your prayer time. Let me ask you tonight how you're doing in your personal life. How are you doing in your dedication to the Word of God? How are you doing in your study time? This is all important in our walk with God. It's all important in our walk with God. As I begin to pray about it and think about it tonight, as I begin to go over some of the thoughts that God, I felt God laying on my heart, made me question my own self. How's my prayer time? How's my study time? You know, busyness, being busy is not necessarily connecting with God. We can come in here and work all day in the church and outside in the church and do all kinds of things and witness and be a light and do all the things that the public needs us to do as Christians, but that don't mean we're connecting with God. Somewhere we've got to have some quiet time with God. Got to have some shut-in time with God and say, God, I need to hear from you today. I need to relate to you today. Could we pray tonight? This, this message... Just a reminder, for me, hopefully you, 
you, you've got something out of it, but it, it, it was for me to, to remind me we need boundaries. What comes across this pulpit needs to be building walls, needs to be building boundaries in our life, not to keep us bound and not to keep us fenced in. And people talk about the apostolic church, that's legalism and full of rules and regulations and nobody can live by them. And the apostolic church is all about legalism and we're, we're just trying to rule people's lives. And that's, that's about as far the farthest thing from the truth that I've thought about in a long time. Amen. This thing's about allowing God to build some barriers in our life that says this is how far you can go and that you can't go any farther than that. This is where my protection is. This is where my covering is. This is where my anointing is. This is where my power is, my provisions. You see, if, if Job had walked beyond those boundaries, he said, you put a fence around him. What if Job had broke out the fence? But you know, whenever the enemy was allowed inside that fence, Job still said, I know my Redeemer lives, and I know I'm going to see him. He had that sure foundation. Let's pray tonight. God help us. Let's pray tonight for our families. Let's pray tonight for those that are not here, those that need to be here, those that are never, don't even know about the church, that they would get a revelation and a knowledge of the church. I'm praying God arrest hearts. I'm praying God bring people in off the streets. I'm praying God give them a revelation, a, a marvelous light that shines into their darkness and brings them into the truth. I pray for these churches. Pray for these pastors. Pray, God, in the name of Jesus. Give a light into this dark day that we're living. Give a light into this world that we're dwelling in. I pray for these churches. I pray for these pastors. I pray for our church and all of our friends and all the people we fellowship with. I pray for them, Lord God, to be anointed in power and authority. God, that you just move in their families and their homes. That you help us build barriers and walls. That you help us to have gatekeepers in our family. That you help, help us to be the gatekeeper, Lord God, that we must monitor everything coming into our family. God, our eyes are an opening. Our ears are an opening. Help us to put gates before our eyes and help us to put gates before our ears. And Lord, let us be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and be the gatekeeper that we shut these gates to anything that should not be seen and anything that should not be heard. God, help us to shut the gate and do not allow that to be a part of our mind and a part of our life. But I pray for this families. I pray for this church body. I pray for us to be dedicated. God, set us in order here tonight with the Levites and the singers and the porters and the gatekeepers and all that are established. I plead the blood of Jesus tonight over this congregation. God, let them feel your anointing power like they've never before and the anointing of the Holy Ghost to touch their spirit and bear witness with their spirit. Bless tonight, Lord God. We love you. Bless tonight, God. We honor you. Bless tonight as you did Job. Bless tonight with a protective fence around our home and bless everything we do in the name of Jesus. Church, I love you. I pray you have a great week, what's left of it, and that you're safe. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.